As the coronavirus pandemic spreads around the world, billions of people are seeking safety in their homes. Some are there by choice, others because their governments are demanding it. Either way, people are in uncharted territory, stuck inside with limited social interactions. It can be scary, anxiety-inducing, and just plain lonely, but it doesn't have to be. This is Beyond the Headlines. I'm your host, Willie Lowry, and on this week's episode, we speak to a person who knows a thing or two about isolation. Chris Hatfield is a retired Canadian astronaut and a former commander of the International Space Station. In a 21-year career, he made three trips to space and spent six months out of this world. Adhering to Canadian government suggestions, Hatfield joined us from his cottage in rural Ontario. I'm at an old cottage built in 1896, but it's on an island in a river. So if you're trying to physically isolate, that, that's not a bad place to be. But it's still relatively close to, to regular society for supplies and medical care if we need it. But I'm here with family, uh, and spring is just arriving in Canada. Nice place to be. You know, obviously, you have a lot of experience in, in self-isolation, but your family not, doesn't necessarily. How are you all uh, coping? Uh, I think like a lot of people around the world, we're just put into a new set of circumstances. You're right. I've, I've lived off the world for half a year uh, in a tiny little confined space surrounded by danger, which is kind of an exaggerated example, I think, of what everybody's dealing with. And right now it's myself, my wife, our daughter-in-law and our granddaughter, so that we're not, we're not normally a quartet together. And we've been this way for a couple months. So it's different. But it's fine. And there's a million things to do every day. Uh, we're busy. We're getting to know each other a lot better, uh, taking care of each other, but still allowing each of us to pursue, you know, even the four-year-old to pursue their own interests and, and, and be productive. So, yeah, it's, it's not a normal time, but it's not by definition a bad time either. It's an interesting period of life as the whole world comes through this tunnel looking for light on the other side. Yeah, I mean, it is certainly extraordinary times. And, and I saw on your Twitter feed that it was recently your, your father's birthday. A strange time to have a birthday. And, and I know, yeah. you know. Yeah, he's 86 too. So, he, you know, he was born during the, the Great Depression and then was a child during World War II. So he has quite a different uh, frame of reference than someone who was born when I was or someone when you were, Willie. Really. So, uh, so it's different. He's dealing with it fine. Uh, when you're 86, you've had a lot of birthdays. It's not that important to him. Uh, my four-year-old granddaughter is far more interested in a birthday than my, than my father is. But of course, you could celebrate your birthday in a whole new way. Get 100 friends. You know, how, many, how old are you? You're 36. Get 36 friends to all light you a candle and each of them sing you a song or or, you know, make you a present or, or whatever, you know, just, you can celebrate living on a spaceship. You have to be creative and no, and no matter what drives your isolation, same thing. Yeah. And on that note, I mean, how do you think your time in space helped prepare you for, for what we're all experiencing? Uh, I, well, I, I didn't just suddenly show up in space. Of course, I was an astronaut for 21 years and studied pretty much every day for 21 years. The technical side of it is a big uh, mental load, but also the the psychological side, the mental uh, demands and, and emotional demands of, of being in a very dangerous place, constantly omnipresent danger around you and having nobody there really to help you, but yourselves, you, and your crew members and whoever else you can reach out to electronically. So that 
preparation for that, the study of it, the, uh, the deep technical learning, but also the psychological simulation of it. I think that helped. And the main thing is uh, not to be paralyzed by fear, which it's pretty easy to do right now. You turn on the internet or turn on a television or a radio, everybody's screaming at you with some statistic. And the numbers seem huge. You know, three quarters of a million people infected with this. And that is a big number. But when you compare it to 7.7 .7 billion, it, it's a tiny number. You know, and so what really matters is how, what are, the, what are the actual facts here and how they, you know, impact me? That's the real critical part of it. Don't just be paralyzed by some big amorphous fear but actually dig into the details. You know, meteorites hit the world all the time. 40 tons a day hits the world. And you're in a little spaceship. You could spend your whole time shivering and terrified, but instead figure out the actual odds and figure out what you're gonna do if you get hit by a meteorite, have a good plan, practice it, and then carry on. And then you can deal with the danger. And, and that's, I think, important for this. Truly become your family's expert on COVID. Be the one who knows the most about exactly what the risk is, what the symptoms look like, how you're going to treat it, where you're going to go with medical care, you know, should you use Excedrin or aspirin or Tylenol, you know, actually dig into the right ideas here so that you're not just scared, but you're actually informed. And then you can get on with the rest of your day and the rest of your life. I want to go into those tips that you have, but just before, I mean, are there any specific types of training that you did to prepare yourself for, for the, you know, enormity of, of space isolation that perhaps can be replicated here? Well, uh, we did specific training. We did Arctic survival, where, where you're in a very harsh, cold environment. We did desert survival, did mountain survival. We took a team of people back into the woods for two weeks with a whole bunch of objectives and no help from anywhere. I lived at the bottom of the ocean for two weeks inside a tiny little habitat as the commander of a crew of six, uh, where you can't leave because if you came rapidly up to the surface, the, the gases would boil out of your blood and you get the bends. So being truly physically isolated with a whole bunch of things to do in a set of very confined and, and uncomfortable circumstances, all of those things, they teach you some technical skills, but they also kind of put your psychological side into perspective. And I think that's the part people can learn from. Just because your normal life is now shifted into a different normal life. It's not by definition bad. It's just different. I mean, change can be hard, but I mean, you're alive and you're finding food to eat and you've got the entire internet at your fingertips. So just shift what you're doing and, and, and find a way to not let the change of circumstance be a huge negative. I learned that in all of those different uh, types of simulated training. And it allowed us, like the crew that's up there right now, to thrive, to love the experience of being on board a spaceship, even though you could just as easily say, hey, I'm locked in a tiny little tin can with nothing to do, and, and I'm, I'm choosing to hate it. It's a lot of personal decisions, and I learned that through all the years of astronaut preparation and training. And you know what? I've never really aspired for, to go to space, but right now, uh, that, that spaceship sounded pretty good to me. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, you've spoken a lot about goal setting. Uh, how important is that for, for people, you know, facing self-isolation and the idea of not being able to perhaps, you know, go about their normal lives for quite some time? Well, look at your life two months ago. Uh, a lot of it was externally dictated. When do you have to go to work? 
When are the banks open? When are the restaurants open? What is the normal cycle of a day? Um, who do you have to have obligatory activities to? You know, your day was largely regimented by the lifestyle that you'd chosen. Well, that's all sort of blown up right now. You know, what, what is your regular pattern of your day right now? It's, it's, it's kind of vague and nonspecific. And so a lot of people, I think, are feeling pointless. What, what am I going to do? Because I don't have all my normal stuff to do. Well, the days are still 24 hours long and you're still the same person. And so I think you need to substitute for the externally driven pattern of your life in whatever free time you're getting that you're not used to right now, actually substitute pattern in your life. It happens on a spaceship. You know, give yourself the things, make a list right now of 20 things you want to get done in the next month, because this could easily last another month of isolation. So what, 30 days? Actually make up a list. And some of the stuff could be stupid. Like, like this, I'm, I'm staying in this little old cabin built in 1896, and there's this big bucket of keys that has been collecting for like 50 years and i've been looking at it going man someday i should figure out what all those keys yesterday i took two hours and i went around and tried every key in every lock and i found several that fit and it's a it's not an important thing it's just a thing that i've been meaning to do for years i finally had the time to do it and go on to the next thing play with my granddaughter i'm i'm studying the geology of the moon right now it's really fascinating how billions of years ago, the, all the minerals of the mantle of the moon swapped ends because of convective and gravitational forces. You know, it, there's a lot of cool stuff, and whatever is interesting to you um, is right available to study. But give yourself some regimen to your day and a list of stuff you want to do. And then, more importantly, start doing things. Just get at it. Go do one thing. It gives you an inertia. You know what it's like to go surfing. If you don't paddle like crazy and start catching that wave, you'll never get to ride a wave. And if you just start doing things, your day starts to pick up steam like, like you're riding a wave. And at the end of the day, it's like, hey, nobody really cares what I did today, but I did some stuff that was cool for me. I think giving yourself purpose is a healthy thing. There have been some reports of people perhaps trying to be overly ambitious and then getting demoralized of trying to, you know, learn a new language or, I mean, how important is it to, to, you know, create achievable goals? Oh yeah. Don't say I'm going to learn a new language. That's, that's crazy. But you could say, um, this week I am going to learn 20 words in whatever Japanese. Anybody can learn 20 words in a week. I mean, you can do that, practice them, you know, take, take little stickies and write them on the things in your living room and learn those 20 things in your, whatever, in your kitchen. So break it into pieces that, that are actually doable. Don't, don't say, I'm going to get fit. You know, that, that's a never-ending process of, of uh, you know, incremental change. But you could say, hey, every time I take a shower, I'm going to do 15 push-ups first or, uh, Whatever, I'm, I'm going to, uh, while I watch this show on Netflix, I'm going to do jumping jacks for a half hour. You know, don't, don't give yourself a crazy goal. Give yourself a thing to do. They're different, but have them serve your long-term goals. And, uh, and don't say, I'm going to write a novel. Stay and said, you know, I'm going to write 100 words today. And, and you can write 100 words today. And, and so, you know, I'm writing a fourth book right now. And and so yeah, I have to practice what I preach, but, but sitting down and actually writing uh, is, is a really stimulating mental exercise. And at the end of it, you've got 
a thing that you've created that didn't exist. Do that for yourself. You know, back to this, this idea of anxiety, what, why are people anxious by this feeling of, of home or self-isolation? Because, I mean, you live, you know, you, you live there. I think um, it's kind of the perfect recipe to, to pull at people's fears. It's like, it's like zombies, you know, which don't exist, but everybody, you know, everyone's got a, this fear of them because they're kind of creepy and dangerous and scary and, and, and uh, unstoppable. Sort of like COVID, you know, it, it's, it's this deathly thing and you can't see it and, and you might have it and it's killing people and you can watch the numbers mounting online and, and that kind of pulls at a lot of our primal fears and, and you're kind of helpless. And so how do you deal with that? And you're at home, so your life is disrupted. You don't have your regular comfort of pattern. And so you have to break out of that. And the first part is don't just let it be this, this scary unknown fear. Actually dig into it so that at least you're, you've got something concrete that, that you're dealing with. Um, recognize that your patterns have changed, but so what? You know, you think, oh, I'm all cooped up. You're always all cooped up. It's not like you're everywhere in the universe simultaneously up until two weeks ago. You always had a very small part of the world that you traveled in. It's just changed a little. So it's almost entirely your perception of, of how big your current universe is. And you're only sort of limited by your imagination and you're hugely aided by, by the access to everything that's right there at your fingertips. So I think if you can get past sort of the gut reaction of fear and, and change and look into knowledge and opportunity, that psychologically can really help. And why do you think, you know, why do you think there's been such a sort of disparate reaction to, to COVID-19? Well, some people say, you know, oh, it's not, you know, it's being completely blown out of proportion and other people, you know, think it's apocalyptic. I don't really pay a lot of attention to gossip. And, and a lot of what you hear is just gossip. You know, it's, it's like the two old men sitting down in the cafe telling you how the whole world works without any facts, you know, and you could listen to them. It's sort of entertaining but that's not a place to draw your, your action plan from, you know? Um, and there's all sorts of gossip out there. And uh, as far as the apocalypse, you know, there, there've been people holding up signs saying the world is ending forever because it makes them feel very important with absolutely no effort, right? If the world is gonna end while I'm alive, then I'm significant. And, and if it doesn't, then I'm sort of insignificant. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of that natural psychology going on. The reality is you're just you, You've got your particular strengths and weaknesses and skills and, and ignorances. Uh, you've got your own set of constraints and opportunities. And all that really matters is what are you going to do next? How are you going to deal with those things? Uh, there's always danger out there. Just this one's got a big name and, and, and it's worldwide right now. But the vast majority of humanity is going to come out of this okay. You know, it's, it's, it's a horrible disease for the people that are uh, at, at certain stages of their life who have certain medical conditions or, or occasionally folks that are, that, you know, even seem very healthy. So there's no guarantees in this, but there's never a guarantee in life. We all die eventually. The real question is, what have you got and what are you doing with it? 
before we, 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 we hang up, could you tell me what is the single most important lesson that you learned in space and in life? Oh, that's a big question, really. Um, I, I think uh, the, the two of them are the same for me. I mean, I was an astronaut for 21 years and I flew in space three times. So the full 21 years of training and development and then the spaceflight experience, they're all one experience to me. I think the most critical part of it all for me is, um, is to not squander the life that you have. And to, to, you are not the best in the world in anything. And you are not the worst at the world in anything. Even if you were, that would only be a transient condition. That's only one person out of 7.7 billion. You are just someone in the middle, like everyone else. And what really matters is to make the most of what you were born with, to be relentless in your, your sort of improvement and, and what you can do with the raw material uh, that you have. And, and then your, your optimistic um, resilience in dealing with life as it comes and moving on to the next thing. To me, that, that's what I came away with. It, to fly a rocket ship, you have to be an optimist, of course, to some degree. But to see the world, I've been around it 2,600 odd times, you're, you become intensely aware of the incredible age and toughness of the planet. And it makes you optimistic. Life is tough. The planet is tough. And yeah, we got things we got to deal with always. But uh, this is, is here to stay longer than we can imagine. And there is tremendous opportunity. And the beauty of it is it turns and you get a new opportunity every 24 hours. So don't squander that. Don't get, don't get off on some tangent. Recognize your own potential. N never be satisfied with your own competence at anything. Always be improving and, and look for uh, what you can do next. To me, that, that's how I lived every day, getting ready to fly in space. It's how I made the most of each day on the spaceship. And, and it's the philosophy that I, that I uh, run my whole life with. And, and to me, it, it, it makes everything much more joyful and productive. And uh, even when you're safe at home, uh, working our way through a global pandemic, it's the same. That was retired astronaut and former commander of the International Space Station, Chris Hatfield. I've been your host, Willie Lowry, and you've been listening to Beyond the Headlines. We were produced this week remotely by Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to drop us a review and hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcasting app. Stay home and stay safe.